Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. There is an ancient Christian pilgrimage called the Camino de Santiago. It is a pilgrimage that people have been walking for hundreds of years. There are many routes, but they all end up in the same city, Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Now, some of these pilgrimages, these routes are um, about 500 miles long and take over a month. My wife and I last summer had the privilege of walking one that was 170 miles over the course of 12 days. And uh, it was really hard. (laughs) There were a lot of ups, there were a lot of downs, and so you can imagine that those walking on this path would become very weary, very tired. But along this path would be these signs to encourage weary pilgrims. Signs like Bon Camino, which means may your path or your way be good. Toward the end, there would be signs that would say, don't stop now, using a graffiti and a stop sign to make this sign. But probably the most thought-provoking sign that we saw on this pilgrimage was one that said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. Our psalm gives us insight into, into answering the simple question, what is the purpose of my life? Have you asked this question recently? Today we're gonna take some time and we're gonna reflect on our life purpose, both individually and collectively as God's people. Three simple points for us. Number one, our purpose begins with God. Second, our purpose is carrying out God's purpose. And finally, how we carry out God's purpose in our life. Shall we begin? If someone whom we didn't know, a complete stranger, were to look at our internet browsing history, our text messages, our calendar events, our bank statements, what would they say we're living for? I think if I'm honest, um, they would say that I'm living for um, being very successful at work, raising well-adjusted children, and retiring with a lot of money. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. In fact, they would be blessings from God. But the question we should ask ourselves is, attaining these things, should, should that be the very purpose of our life? I think what's interesting is that this psalm seems to encourage us to this end. How does it begin? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Now God's blessings certainly include prosperity, success in our endeavors, peace and favor for our family. But I can't help but think when I pray this prayer that it it almost sounds selfish. You know, this, this psalmist, he doesn't begin this song with adoration or confession or thanksgiving to God, but he he jumps right into this request for God's blessings. And so how are we to understand this initial prayer? 
Well, I think what might be helpful is to look at this psalm through an ancient Near Eastern cultural worldview. What do I mean? I think we can better understand this request for blessing if we see it through a client-patron relationship. In the ancient Near East, there would be patrons, maybe a king, a master, someone with great wealth or power, and then there would be clients, those who are dependent upon this patron for life. And in this relationship, you see, there, there are really clear expectations for the different roles. The patron, well, his job was to provide and protect for his client. And, and the client's job was simply to respect, honor, and, and submit to the patron. But what was also expected was the client would come to the patron with all his needs. Because when they did, they would basically say, we acknowledge your glory, we acknowledge your power, we acknowledge our utter dependence upon you. And so actually asking for favor, asking for blessing gives honor to the patron. Think of a relationship that a king has with his subjects, a master with his servants, a father, even a father with his children or grandchildren. I have a college-age son who did an internship in California last summer. We live in Atlanta. And so he was wondering how he would get around. Well, my father, his grandfather, lives in California, and so graciously my grandfather lent him his car. And my son uh, was so grateful, so thankful for this act of, he, he drove all over Southern California that summer taking his coworkers and his friends, making sure to acknowledge that this was his, his grandpa's car. Uh, toward the end of his, his internship, he noticed that there was a large scratch on grandpa's car. Can you imagine? <laughs> his heart must have sank as he realized he'd have to tell grandpa of, of, of his mistake. And, and I can imagine him praying, may, may grandpa be gracious to me. May grandpa show favor upon me, thinking that all of his internship money would probably go to paying for this scratch. What do you think his grandpa did? Didn't yell. He didn't make him pay for the scratch. In, in fact, he, he showed him grace and, and paid for his mistakes. In fact, his grandpa delighted that his grandson came to him with his needs. Why? Because he knew that what was his role? It was to take care of his grandson. He didn't expect, he did not expect anything in return except maybe gratitude and a relationship. Here's the thing, beloved, this psalm assumes that we are in a client-patron relationship with God. And so he delights when his people come to him asking for his graciousness, asking for his favor, asking for his blessings. Why? Because he loves us. And he wants to be in relationship with us. The first point is simple. It's, it's understanding that our purpose in life begins with a healthy fear of God. Acknowledging his rule and his reign over our life. He is king. We are his subjects. He is master. We are his servants. He is father, and we are his children. 
This leads to the second point. Our life purpose is, is carrying out God's purpose. The psalmist begins asking for graciousness and blessings. But then he tells the reason why he's asking for these blessings. What does he say? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Again, the patron-client paradigm is, is helpful. The reason why he is asking for blessings and favor is for the very purpose of seeing God's glory fill the earth. And it's here we see the fundamental difference between why the world asks for blessings and why believers ought to ask for blessings. For the world, man is in the center and uh, everything exists for his glory, his satisfaction, and his comfort. And he may ask God for blessings, but when God doesn't come through, well, he just moves on to something else. My fear, beloved, is sometimes we as followers of Christ fall into this same way of thinking. But here the psalmist, what does he assume? He, he assumes that our fundamental role and, and purpose in life is carrying out God's purpose. God is in, in, in the center. It is his glory, it is his desires, it is his will that should direct our purpose. And so he seeks to receive these blessings in favor from God for the very purpose of extending his kingdom throughout the world. This looks very different for each of us. Recently I read a book called Surrender. It is the autobiography of Bono. If you don't know who Bono is, he is the lead singer of a rock band called U2. And in the book, he describes a time early on when they formed the band, when they were about to disband the band. You say, why would they disband the band? It's because three of the four members were part of a Christian fellowship. And those in the Christian fellowship were asking them, how can you be both rock stars and followers of Jesus? It's a good question. It was such a good question that one of the members couldn't reconcile these identities and decided he, in faith, had to quit, convinced two of the other members to quit, and so the band was ready to disband until the secular manager said, would you please just finish the tour? And so they did, and in the course of this tour, they wrote this song, Sunday Bloody Sunday, which, is, which was a nonviolent protest against the conflict in Northern Ireland. And what they realized was that their music, their guitars, their drums were instruments in God's hand in bringing about God-glorifying change in the world, and God blessed them. They became successful, and they stewarded their fame well. Two most important days of our life are the day that we're born and the day we figure out why. The psalmist declares, let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. 
Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations on the earth. What was the psalmist asking for? He was asking for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And he recognizes that God's purpose for the world is that his kingdom would stretch to every inch of his creation. And so the second simple point is realizing that our purpose in life as as followers of Jesus is carrying out God's purpose for the world. Let the peoples praise you, oh God, let all the peoples praise you. How does this happen? Well, this leads to the last point. How we carry out God's purpose for our lives. God's purposes are carried out when we receive his grace, when we receive his blessings and his favor. And then we take them and use them to make his name known among the nations. So can I ask you this morning, has God been gracious to you? Has he blessed you? Has he shown his face upon you? Now, without knowing everything that's going on in your life, I think I could say with some confidence that he has. Maybe you're saying, How do you, why are you so confident? Because God has sent his son to pay for all of our sins by dying on the cross. And he has blessed us by giving us all things through his son as we are, we are united to him in faith. And, and he shines his face upon us as we are robed in the righteousness of Christ. God has blessed us just as he's blessed his son. What does a father tell his Messiah's son? He says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your heritage, the ends of the earth, as your possession. God has given the nations to Jesus and so now Jesus calls us to participate with him in his mission. This is where the Great Commission fits in. Our king commissions us to go and make disciples of all nations, his nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that he commands This is how his way would be known on earth. This is how his saving power will be known among the nations. How do we carry out God's purpose for our lives? By participating in God's mission to the world. Beloved, he is calling all of us who follow Jesus to be involved in his mission. Whether we are missionaries, or pastors, or moms, or medical folks, or business folks, or rock stars. He is calling us all to steward the blessings and favor he has given us in order to fill his world with his glory. And it's not by our power, it's not by our strength, but by his. In that book, Surrender, 
Bono describes a concert they did in Phoenix, Arizona in the 1980s. It was during this time that the national debate was whether to make Martin Luther King Jr. a national holiday. If you remember, the governor of Arizona at the time and several in the state were staunchly against this. You too made their position known by supporting this holiday and as a result received death threats. In fact, someone wrote a letter saying that if you sing the song Pride, which was um, a protest against racism in America, you won't make it to the end of the song. Of course, they sang the song. But Bono in this book confesses that he was afraid as he began singing the third verse. Shot rings out in the Memphis sky. Free at last, they took your life. They could not take your pride. And so he closed his eyes and he hunched down to disguise his fear as he sang the last verse. But to save him from any Messiah complex, when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see the crowd. It's because his bassist, Adam Clayton, stood right in front of him, blocking his view the entire length of the last verse. As we engage in this mission, Jesus, he stands before us. What is the promise he gives us at the end of his great commission? Behold, I am with you, even to the end of the age. And so how do we carry out God's purpose for our lives? We, we ask for his graciousness. We ask for his blessings. We ask for his favor through Christ. We, we receive these blessings in Christ. And then we engage in his mission as he stands before us. If a complete stranger looked at our lives, what would they say we're living for? Would they recognize we are on the path that leads to the celestial city? Would they realize that we are living for the kingdom of God? As we continue to worship today and reflect, can we continue to pray and ask how God might, might use us so that the nations be glad and sing for joy? The two most important days of our life are the day that we're born and the day we figure out why. So don't stop now. Bon Camino. Let's pray. <coughs> Father, we thank you for your amazing grace calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I do pray, Father, that you would use Covenant Presbyterian Church to be your light, reflecting your light, delighting in your light in them, here in Nashville and to the ends of the earth. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Covenant, please visit covenantprez.com.